You all know that I have my qualms sometimes when it comes to the black community. I don't even like the phrase black community itself because it insinuates that we all have the same personality, we all have the same values, we all have the same politics, and we know that not to be true. Now, since I've been outspoken about this, I've had my black card revoked, uh, many a time, in fact. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm still gonna be here to talk about it because the race narrative continues to be pushed in this country. So today we're gonna be reacting to a video called the most concerning things about the black community, and it was created by a friend of this channel, Amir Odom. I wish we had him on here to talk about it, but I digress. We're gonna watch his video, and I'm gonna add my two cents in. Before we get into that, we do have Taylor in Nashville. Yeah, instead of the black creator of the actual video, we just have me, who has no black card to speak of, uh, to speak on these issues. So yeah, very yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, we're going to learn some things today. And most importantly, we're going to learn what Amir deems to be the most concerning things about the black community. And we'll see if we can second them, challenge them, support them. We will see. Now I have to mention, I clicked on this video. And even though it has, you know, like, you know, 276,000 views. It's apparently uh, age restricted on YouTube. So I guess we're gonna find out why that is the case. It says this video may be inappropriate for some users and I have to click that I understand and wish to proceed uh, and that I do. So let's do it. Okay. Whether it be our crippling culture, crumbling cities or chaotic crime, we need to reevaluate what's going on within the black community because honestly, I feel like the solution is right in front of us. Let me tell you, growing up as a black man in America has been Hold on. Let me go look at the baby pictures again. <laughs> I feel like the solution is right in front of us. Let me tell you, growing up as Look at baby Amir. <laughs> he was so cute. Oh my gosh. The king. That first photo is absolutely adorable. Anyways, okay. Let's continue. As a black man in America has been very interesting. From hating my skin and my hair to loving who I am today, and from hating this country with a burning passion to traveling abroad and understanding why people immigrate here in the first place, I've learned a lot. And as I've grown and listened to the perspectives of black people on the left, the right, and everywhere in between, I found some interesting overlaps that I want to talk about. Video after video from I just saw Sexy Red. I have a feeling I know why this video is uh, age-restricted. Once you start putting the, the black female rappers in there, uh, then I can, I, I have uh, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Black, how 72 people were shot in one weekend. Does police brutality matter? Yes. Do cops get away with police brutality? Yes. Do we want to strive to get to a place where police brutality is reaching all-time new lows? Yes, I'm all for the changes and initiatives, but we need to get realistic with how bad the problem already is. Because what's frustrating to me is that we have a ton of black people who genuinely think that there are thousands of young black men getting shot and killed by the police every year. If we're looking at 2022, 12 unarmed black men were killed by the police. And I'm well aware this is a little bit of a different scenario, but I bring this up to show perspective. What's crazy is that in 2022, while 12 unarmed black men were shot by police, 19 people were struck by lightning and died. That's how rare this is. There are more people routinely getting struck by lightning and dying than black unarmed people are being shot by the police. And yet, even though we have these numbers, you have people blocking traffic and saying all cops are bad, when in reality, you're more likely to be in danger walking down the street in the hood than to be dealing with 
with any white cop at all. And that's just the truth. It is very much the truth. And then when you go and look into those cases of unarmed black men being shot and killed by police officers, so many of them involve uh, resistance of uh, arrest, threatening the officer, putting themselves in dangerous uh, situations. When if when if you had just simply complied with the officer's request, you probably wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. So that shifts the perspective even more. And the fact that there are people out there that think that there are hundreds of unarmed black men shot and killed by police in any given year is just so, so very wrong. But that goes to show you what, you know, media, narratives, and ideology can twist for you. We need police in our communities, but this is how we treat them. And by no means do I condone this behavior. It's sad, but I low-key understand why they feel the way they feel. I understand why a lot of black people despise the police and our youth is being raised to just not respect them. I hated America to its core because of the false narratives that the media was pushing. I felt like I had a target on my back and that the police hated me just because I was black. And when you're being told that an entire group of people who serves the government who's supposed to be protecting me actually hates me and wants to kill me, that really messes with one's mental health. I it does. It is very much uh, it very much can be a staple of the black experience to learn that police officers hate you, despise you, have it out for you. And while not all black people learn that in their you know childhood or adolescence, many of them do. I grew up with this narrative and of course it led to me having a personal hatred and fear towards police officers. And it makes situations that should be really innocuous way more heightened than they should be the first time i was ever pulled over by a police officer i was frightened for my life for absolutely no reason statistically it doesn't make sense uh given the situation i was in it doesn't make sense and given the fact that much of the narrative surrounding police brutality is a lie it doesn't make sense so you can instill fear in people by you know, projecting this narrative onto them and it's misplaced fear and anger. And that's just a sad situation to be in given that it's not the reality. I mean, hell, the media wouldn't dare show you footage of our troops overseas getting shot and killed on TV. But what they will show you is black people getting killed on live TV. It's mm -hmm. actually messed up how much the media is playing with our minds and society as a whole. Truly, I just wish more people, specifically black people, looked at the data for what it is. Again, I'm not saying all police are amazing and nothing bad ever happens, but compared to how our reaction is, it doesn't really match what's going on. Community crime rates. Studies, statistics, and surveys all say that black drivers are far more likely to be pulled over than white ones. They're also more likely to have guns pointed at them by police to be detained, handcuffed, searched and arrested. The harsh reality is yes, this is all true, but damn, let's take a look at our community as a whole. Who is making up most of the crime? Who is making up most of the robberies? Why is it that people that look like me, black men make up roughly six, 7% of the US population, but commit nearly 50% of all the murders and robberies? We talk all day about being the minority, but we make up majority of the most heinous acts of our society. We need to take accountability for that. Black people have killed more black people this year alone than white cops have killed black people in the past 10 years. And I hate that it does have to be broken down like that, um, given that the narrative is, is being pushed in this way, because it's sad to hear somebody like Amir say we when it's by no means like a we situation. And that's what happens with the race narrative. Now you are coupled because you are placed under the umbrella of the black community with people that are committing crimes. And mind you, there are good 
uh, law-abiding, you know, black citizens. There are bad, uh, you know, law-breaking black citizens. The same thing for white people, the same thing for Asian people, the same thing for Hispanics. So it's kind of sad that we have to say, like, we are responsible when it's not we are responsible. It is good, decent people versus bad people who are choosing to go out and commit these crimes, to take the lives of other people, to commit acts of like, you know, smash and grabs and robberies and and robbing people at gunpoint. And that distinction needs to be clearly drawn because one, one, uh, I think, mistake that we can make is saying we when we don't really mean that. And it's been thrust upon us because of the narrative and conversation being had surrounding race, because of the like black victimhood mentality that is pushed onto all of us. And it's very unfortunate because more often than not, the loudest people who are fighting against these acts of, of criminality are fellow black people who are maybe living in the same communities, who are witnessing this, this stuff, who are seeing their own streets be destroyed by people who may share the same skin color as him as them, but by no means share the same values. It's very, very sad. Yet I'm supposed to be sitting up here crying about the white man and hating police. It doesn't make sense. And then I, I listen, and then they're going to say, oh, well, bringing up black on black crime is deflecting. No, it's just a harsh reality. I'm addressing it for what it is. Take off, yep. PNB Rock, Young Dolph, King Von, Pop Smoke, Nipsey Hussle, X, all these rappers dead. And by who? Black people. Yep. Where's the line between being racist versus looking at the data for what it is? Context matters. It sucks being profiled. It really does. But we haven't taken into account how the people who look like me act in our society. We're out here demanding to be respected, but we don't even respect ourselves. Community behavior. Some breaking news off the top. Hundreds of teens flooding into downtown Chicago tonight, smashing car windows, trying to get into Millennium Park, prompting a major police response. Within the past few minutes, shots were fired near the corner of Madison and Michigan. This is how we're acting now? Really? We get slapped the label all the time of being rude, ghetto, entitled, loud, thieves, thugs. The list goes on, but look at us. Are they wrong? Honest conversation, are they wrong? Hell, these lootings and teen takeovers nonstop. Who's make, who, who is doing it? Who is doing it? Look at the videos, look at all across the United States, who is doing it? Obviously, I'm not in the crowd. And there's a plethora of black people who are not in the crowd. But when we look at the consensus of all these crimes and heinous acts, it's not looking cute for black people. We're yep, you, you are promoting uh, a characterization of black people that is so poor and you're doing it with your own actions. And what's the, the, the saddest thing about watching these videos of these massive smash and grab crimes and the looting and stuff like that is to see that there's kids uh, involved. And I'm talking like eight year olds sometimes that are doing this stuff. I'm going to go on a quick tangent and tell a story really quick. I was recently visiting a police station. I have quite a few cop friends that I've met through doing this job and have had the pleasure of getting to know and getting to check out like what their occupation is like. And the time that I was most recently there, they sort of gone through footage of what they witness out on the street, the sort of calls that they have to respond to. And they showed me the most disgusting footage I had ever seen of a young kid being jumped into a gang. And for those of you who don't understand what that means, if you are a young kid uh, out on the street and you want to join a gang, one of the initiation practices that many of these gangs has is to jump you into it, meaning that you are surrounded by uh, people who are already members of the gang and they just beat you 
senseless. They beat you till you are not, you know, you're not going to get up and you're not going to get up for a while. And this was a young kid in his early teens with 10, 15 other people surrounding him, some younger, some older, some girls even who are members of this gang. And he's forced into a corner and just beaten senseless. And he made a very uh, pivotal mistake he fought back as they were trying to jump in, jump him. And as he was fighting back, an even bigger mistake is to knock out somebody who is already a member of the gang who is trying to jump you in. And he did exactly that. He knocked someone out. And for that, they beat him 10 times harder uh, than they would have uh, a, a normal uh, initiation. They then took the clothes off of this young boy's back and he had to walk home through the hood naked. Okay. These are 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old children who are acting this way. And when I see a video like that, you can think a lot of things. I think some people go, you know, they're thugs, they're monsters. These are, this is so disgusting. To me, I think, how traumatized do you have to be as a young child to be, you know, engaging in behavior like this? Who beat them? Who, what was the group of kids that jumped the, the kids who are now doing this to this young boy into the gang. How did this happen to them? And the amount of like a failure in socialization, in community building, in resources that has to happen for kids to be engaging in behavior like this is astronomical. And it will take generations to fix and to watch it like play out on the news where these kids those very same kids who are jumping that that young boy into a gang, they're the ones who are going to go out to rob stores or, you know, kill people or engage in this gang versus gang violence that we hear about on the news. And they are very real human beings and they are children. So it's just something to keep in mind. And there's just so many failures. Uh, and it's just very, very sad to see. And unfortunately, it inflicts the black community like crazy. Yeah, just to speak to that a little bit, since I went once with you, I know you've been so many times, but mm-hmm. been once with you on a ride along to that neighborhood uh, in L.A. And um, it literally just felt like visiting a foreign country, even though it was like a half hour's drive from where we were working at the time. Just mm-hmm. uh, it's so near and yet so far. And the, the, the kids who are being born into this, whether it's the ones that are involved in gangs, we met other kids that are just trying to build a better life for themselves. But, yep. you know, they're hearing gunshots at night. Uh, they're having to stay home from school on certain days whenever uh, the the gangs don't want them out on the streets or whatever it may be. Like, geez, this is the, the reality that they're living in. Many even who want a better life and want to escape just don't even know uh, how to do so. Or there's literally almost no path without some kind of outside helping hand uh, reaching out and helping them. And even then it's a very difficult process. So it, it's just such a a crazy thing to think that uh living in these these cultures that are that are within our our own cities and within our own country mm-hmm. uh just there's just this sense of of hopelessness and like it, you can't help but just think that these i remember we met we met one girl who's extremely talented and, and uh, competes in a sport and was one of like the top uh in her sport and then in the entire country mm-hmm. and you just think of like how much wasted potential uh is happening in these neighborhoods how many how much uh talent and how much creativity and uh just just contributions and value is the world missing out on because these problems persist. And the the tragic thing is, and the, the, the really the part that angers me the most in all this is the fact that 
the the narrative that's spun by the media and by our mainstream culture in the U.S. is, you know, let's excuse criminality. Let's turn a blind eye to any cultural issues that uh, are emanating from uh, these communities. And let's just blame racism. Let's yep. just blame systemic issues and problems. And look, there's a, there's place to, there's a place to talk about systemic issues. There's a place to talk about race. Uh, find me a racist policy. Find me a racist person. I will stand shoulder to shoulder with you and condemn that. But if we cannot have an honest conversation about the actual issues on their merits and look at hard facts and hard data and start at the reality of the situation, then you can never have solutions. And it sucks that the people who uh, parade around claiming to be uh, the advocates for the oppressed communities, the marginalized communities, the communities of color, so to speak, are actually the ones that are further entrenching uh, this cycle to happen in these communities. And it's it's disgusting and it is just so tragic, especially when you consider the innocent people, uh, the innocent children yep. that uh, should have their fair shot at life, but are being prevented from having one largely uh, thanks to the these narratives being pushed by people who are so out of touch. Yeah, and there's like, there's the fine balance that you walk in this stuff, okay? Like, you have to tell the truth about what's happening. And don't allow the truth to let you characterize the entire black community in this way. And I think uh, Amir alluded to that uh, a bit in his video. The vast majority of people who are living in these crime-ridden neighborhoods are law-abiding citizens who mm -hmm. are just trying to get by without getting hurt. They're trying to take care of their children. They are have great relationships with the police officers because they know what's happening in their communities and they know it needs to come to an end. The amount of mothers that I've met who have lost children due to gang violence and just senseless acts of, of crime in, in these neighborhoods is just insane. And a lot of people can say, you know, use the the crime to paint the the whole community in some way and it, that is by no means uh the the reality so it's just an unfortunate situation all around and it could really be helped if people started telling the truth we're already such a small segment of the society but for some reason when we get together it's always trouble the city of miami beach declared a state of emergency over the weekend after a deadly start to spring break Two fatal shootings and some out-of-control crowds also forced the city to impose overnight curfews. This is the third year in a row Miami Beach has taken emergency measures to control a surge in visitors. It just blows my mind. It's like a meme. Like when black folk get together, none of us know how to act. It's the unfortunate truth. There is no excuse for this behavior. It's a complete lack of structure within the black community and the homes we're being raised in. We've got deadbeat dads that are not around, hello, including myself. And then we have emotionally unavailable mothers who are too busy working trying to provide to the child to the point where they can't even raise it. Got all these kids in the school listening to all these rappers and horrible music. Little boys looking at the people like Blueface who's performing in high schools. And, look and I do want to point out, intermixing these communities, you're going to see a, a ton of Hispanics and whites too, and Asians. Like, ghetto is not black. Ghetto is ghetto. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter what racial background you are from. You will find that there are segments of people engaging in this behavior. And when they, you know, do the aerial shots over Miami, there's a ton of different people of different backgrounds. Although, you know, the majority do tend to be from the black community. We're not going to lie. Looking up to rappers like Future, who Juice World accredits his fatal drug addiction to. You always had issues with drugs even before you started to get famous and uh, rich. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it was something that I was into early, low-key due to music. Because, like, 
I was a music head, so like in sixth grade, seventh grade, I'm hearing songs about sipping lean. Those are like the real influential years, I feel like. And then on the flip side, mm -hmm. you have little girls looking up to people like Sexy Red, who raps about the color of her genitalia. I'm out of town, thugging with my round. Ooh. My coochie pink, my booty hole brown. Ooh. And women like Cardi B, the women who made WAP. certified freak. Seven days a week. Yeah, her who's getting brand deals from Baby Shark. I here by doing things my own Sharky B way. Like, our behavior has gotten to the point where even corporations are fleeing the neighborhoods. Target announced today that it's closing nine stores in major cities next month because of theft and organized retail crime. First, a developing story. Walmart announced today it is closing four locations throughout the city. Walmart even said this in a statement. They said, the simplest explanation is that collectively our Chicago stores have not been profitable since we opened the first one nearly 17 years ago. These stores lose tens of millions of dollars a year and their annual annual losses nearly doubled in just the last five years. Yeah, and a ton of other corporations have been dealing with this too. CVS, Walgreens, Starbucks, uh, which had employees rallying the higher ups in, in the company saying it is quite literally not safe for us to even come to work, let alone work in some of the places that you have set up along the city. So they had to close down the stores and not even due to like things like looting and people stealing safety. It's not even safe for people to be working in some of the areas that uh, these, these stores are present. So we're going to see more of that. And as to the female rappers and all this stuff, the plague that they have placed on our society, and I say this as somebody who enjoys female rap, not disgusting female rap like WAP and, and Sexy Red and all that stuff, but who enjoys the art form of rap and hip-hop itself. And you hear about five-year-olds in ballet class who are requesting Sexy Red for their, their ballet dances, who cannot listen to instruction, who want to hear Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion at five years old. If that doesn't tell you that we have a problem and it's a problem of like technology and culture and influence, it's a ton of different things, but it's a problem nonetheless. Yeah, and to your point a minute ago about just the, the need to tell the truth, it's interesting to me that it seems, at least in the statement we heard from Target, like they said, we're losing money, these stores are unprofitable, and I think they've made in other statements vague references to safety. But mm -hmm. in general, you're not hearing these companies really come out and say the truth about the reasons behind why they're having to leave cities like San Francisco, and you're certainly not hearing too much of it from politicians or the media. And again, it's just this like this, let's sweep all this under the rug and just, you know, minimize any um, perception that we could possibly be construed as as holding any type of people accountable or suggest that there might be a crime problem or anything like that. It's just, oh, well, these stores are unprofitable. So we're, we're, we're kind of just, you know, backing out of this, this room. And, and right. we, we hate that we have to do it. But you know, that's just kind of what we're dealing with here. And, and they're, they're tiptoeing around just the, the, the obvious facts on the ground. And I feel like that's just the impulse that we have today in, in modern culture. And it, it's again, comes from this aversion to confronting the truth. And then you get complaints of food deserts. And for those of you who don't know what a food desert is, it's communities that don't have access to, you know, good produce, don't have a local like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, uh, you know, a high-end grocery store or anything of that sort, because they're dealing with rampant crime like this and a, a lack of demand. So where are stores going to go? They're going to go where they don't have to deal with crime and they're going to go where they have a higher demand. So the good people in these communities who are looking to feed their children are the ones that suffer. There is a heartbreaking video that I encourage 
encourage you all to look up of a black woman uh, going into her local grocery store and just scanning the aisles with her phone, uh, showing you everything that's been stolen, the food that's all over the floor, milk spilled everywhere, all of this stuff. And she is brought to tears over the state of her own community because she's simply trying to go to the store, buy food for her children, provide for them, and to be, you know, a good member of the community, just like everybody else. And it's a few that ruin it for for the many and create this disgusting image uh, and push it on the black community. If I go to any Walmart in the hood, they all look like this. Not even in the hood anymore because uh, this crime is actually branching out. You will have gangs that were typically relegated to areas that we would deem to be, you know, lower income, impoverished or whatever. And right now, because they can get away with crimes and specifically in metropolitan areas, these gangs are actually choosing to branch out from their local communities, especially since the stores are leaving. So where they might have done, you know, a job in, I don't know, you, you name 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 any community in, in your area where, where you feel like crime is running rampant, they'll actually move to somewhere else like, like Beverly Hills. And now they can get away with that. So you're going to see this just expand and pro proliferate past places where you would typically uh, see crime-ridden neighborhoods. Why? Well, no, it's not because of racism and being in a predominantly black neighborhood. It's because the black people won't stop stealing. And if it's not stealing, all it takes is for one white cop to shoot one black guy and that gives them some random excuse to just go loot and tear down the whole thing. Just devastating. Black Look at the waste. Matter. During 2020, we saw some of the worst looting possible. And for what? These people did this for no reason. It's not gonna bring George back here. George is in a better place than we are. And last night, I'm gonna be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood. This is, this is why I pay no attention to Black Lives Matter. The least of my concerns as a black man in America is white people. It's white people this and white people that all the time for no good reason. We have got to do better. Black Lives Matter raised nearly $100 million in 2020, but where's the money? Right. What has changed? What has improved? Please tell me in the comments and let me know. Hell, you look at any holiday, Labor Day in Chicago. 32 people have been shot in the Chicago over the long holiday weekend. Three of them have been killed. One of the youngest victims of violence, a six-year-old boy. Like I've always said, if a white cop shoots me, it's hashtag Amir Odom. But if a black man shoots me, it's... And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying organizations like Black Lives Matter can't exist. I'm just saying the amount of attention they have versus the things actually impacting and affecting the black community, it's not matching up. And the treachery that they bring on the black community is just absolutely insane. I mean, you're going and looting the grocery store that grandmothers who don't have cars have to walk to in order to provide for their families, their grandchildren. You're ruining the bus stops that people go to, you know, single moms, single dads who are just trying to get to work and come back, you know, need to use. You're pulling up ATMs that people go to, you know, at their local gas station so they can go and pay their rent. How disgusting do you have to be as a human being to go into a lower income, impoverished neighborhood that, yes, is typically inhabited by people of color and destroy some of the pillars of that neighborhood that are necessary for the general functioning of that community? <laughs> Y'all know I get passionate about this topic, but... 
Again, we want all this respect, hell even reparations, but we don't know how to act. Reparations. What happened with slavery is absolutely awful. Everybody agrees with that, it, it was just a bad time. And we can acknowledge this history all day long, but we cannot let it distract us from the present and the future. My ancestors' trauma cannot be healed with a check, nor do I need one. I can entertain the idea of living victims, getting a check and getting reparations, but we're too far gone from that. Has our government been responsible for horrible racist acts? Yes, America's not perfect and I'm not saying they are. But we have to ask ourselves, in what world do we actually need and deserve reparations when all we're doing is tearing down our own communities. Looking objectively within the black culture, black community, how we act and race relations within the United States, how is money going to change anything? The whole reparations argument to me is a complete distraction and will not help the atrocities that are facing the black community, of which are often inflicted by ourselves. Instead of uplifting each other time and time again, we trap ourselves in these little boxes, making sure that we keep our black card and then go about our lives bullying anyone for stepping out of line. Self-isolation. Yep. We live in this free country, but our mindset is still locked down. Growing up myself and countless other black people were told you're talking white why are you listening to white people music why are you eating white people food i get that all the time <laughs> you all know that taylor do you ever get accused of acting white <laughs> um i mean i guess <laughs> actually but, by default you know, I, I don't take that as something offensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that all the time and I, I i don't view it as something offensive it's so interesting that like acting white is just meaning like speaking in proper English, I don't know, like paying your taxes on time, doing, you know, the things that any normal citizen should be doing, and that's used as an insult. And he's he's very much, you know, hitting the nail on the head when he says you're given a box as a black person and we are in this sort of like self-isolated culture of Stay, trying to stay within our own box, but also trying to force others into theirs. And you end up just like policing yourselves. It becomes like this box of victimhood that you are now trying to inflict on other people. And it's the most harmful thing to inflict on another person, yet we so willingly do it uh, in, our, in our current culture. Didn't we react to a study recently that uh, discussed the uh, the more that a student uh, did better in school, basically, uh, yeah. a student of color, the, or I guess a black student, the lower his social prospects were, something to that effect? Yeah, so this was a study done by Roland Fryer, which I ex uh, encourage you guys to look up. Um, just type in Roland Fryer acting white, and this will pop up in his research that he did. And he found that if you're a black student uh, in, in school, of course, and you the higher you go in your grades and in academia, the less popular you become uh, among other black students. And it's largely because doing well academically is seen as synonymous with acting white. So you no longer feel akin to the other black people who are in school with you and they don't feel like you're uh, a part of their community anymore. So you become less and less popular as your grades rise, which if that doesn't show you an issue with culture and with the black community, I guess, if that's what we're going to call it, uh, I don't know what does. It's quite literally punishing achievement based on forcing somebody back into a box. This drove me so far into de a depression personally because it's like, damn, I'm just never good enough. I'm being told why people are racist and they hate you, but I'm also being told that I'm not black enough to hang around the black kids. It's just like, damn, I can't win. We want to be free and accepted so damn bad, but we're the first people to exile and bully anyone that is black for thinking different. Why are you listening to white people music? Okay, cool. So because I don't want to listen to music with pill popping, killing people and shaking ass, all of a sudden I'm not black enough and I'm getting exiled. 
the ghetto. And it's gotten <laughs> to the point where even Joe Biden recognizes this behavior within the black community. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. He literally said, if you have any trouble, any doubt thinking about Biden versus Trump, then you're not black. He's completely disregarding mm -hmm. any black person who's not a Democrat. Why can't black people be Republicans? Why can't black people be independents? Why do we have to stick to the narrative and stick to the script that whoever has laid out for us and that's just the rule book because yep. damn when i'm looking at the black communities that are predominantly democrat across our entire nation it's like why do we keep voting for the same things time and time again but then complaining about nothing's ever changing that's that's insanity insanity is just doing the same thing but, but just expecting a different result but you're not gonna get that why not try something different why is that so bad to do it's just this monotonous state that we're all in just taking everything mainstream media says for face value and going about our day mm -hmm. and what we feel at a real Realize that we have all the tools necessary to be the change we wish to see in this nation. We cry and cry for change and progress, all while not changing at all. We just sit there far too often and view ourselves as the victim. Yep. How far, how long can you continue to make the same choices and do the same thing over and over and over again until you realize that there's a flaw in the uh, system as it is set in front of you and that people are benefiting off of your continuous adherence to what you are told to believe and think. Yeah, um, I'm reminded, I just watched, I think last night or two nights ago, this documentary on National Geographic uh, about, it's called 1989, the year that made us. And it, it talks about the Cold War and other things, but there's an episode on uh, race and race relations. And they made this massive deal about, I didn't even know this, but the first uh, black governor ever to be elected in the United States was elected in Virginia in 1989. And mm -hmm. they had these different people, these different cultural figures on at the time talking about how significant that was and how at the time they thought that this was going to be the major breakthrough for our culture. And, you know, all of these issues that the black community has faced is things are going to start to change now that people who look like us are in power. And they, they fast forward and they talked about the same thing uh, in reference to Obama. And it was kind of funny because they had clearly like a liberal bent in um, in making the, the video because they they were acting as though like Yes, we're getting what we want, but also things aren't changing. But also that means we just need to keep getting more black people in power as the solution. Like they didn't have another step beyond that. They're kind of like, and even the people who they were interviewing on the documentary was like, we finally have representation in the government, but also things aren't changing. But, you know, I mean, they are changing because we have more people. It was kind of like they, they were left with that, that tension. And I thought that was really interesting. And it just, it, it's it's not a problem that is skin deep. It's it's a problem of that that goes deeper than that. And it's interesting that just because you're you're voting for people who look like you, but they still have the same ideas that have failed you or are enabling uh, culture and enabling forces at work in society that are perpetuating uh, just bad outcomes, then what do you think is going to happen? You're not going to get to the root of the problem. And it's, it's, it's just ironic to me that a documentary that's coming out in 2023 still seems to be beating the exact same drum. Yeah. I mean, different skin color does not mean different outcomes. And I think we're, we keep learning that the hard way time and time again, like how much more do we need? Victim mentality. It is time to stop blaming everyone else, but ourselves for our lives and our actions. I damn sure can't help what someone does to me, but I control 110% of how I move forward. White man this, racism that, enough. 
I promise you, the second you start focusing on yourself, your goals, your dreams, tunnel vision, and move forward, the faster life will progress for you and the happier you will become. Yep. I could have easily sat back and accepted this narrative that yes, black people will always be behind and white people will always be ahead of me. That is because I didn't have a father in my life. That is because 400 years of slavery and oppression. That is because the white man's always ahead of me. That is because I didn't go to the best school. That's because of everything else except for me. It can be so easy to throw in a towel, but you cannot allow yourself to do that. The solution. Yeah, I mean, you'll find so often like the major divide uh, among people who, you know, feel better in life or doing better in life is really mindset. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because obviously there are people who struggle and, you know, they may have a positive mindset and they continue to struggle and they continue to struggle. But yeah, the way that you view your life and your place within the world is really key to how far you go, how happy you are with yourself, how fulfilled you feel. And if you are constantly in this state of like blame, 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 even if the blame is properly placed, even if there are people who have committed atrocities against you and who are to blame for your, your state in life, I mean, the, the more time you spend placing that blame, which gets you nowhere, the, the worse off you're going to be. Again, even if the blame is true and properly characterized. We have got to be the change we wish to see. Generational wealth this, generational wealth that. Build it, build that wealth. This yep. year in 2023 is the 50th anniversary of hip hop and there's nothing to show for it. Hip hop has been around for 50 years. Not a single hospital, not a single school, not a single bank, not a single supermarket, not a single distribution company. How can we call hip hop a blessing to the black community when that type of money being made off of our culture in the community doesn't benefit from it at all? No, I don't really vibe with Dr. Umar all that much, but that is a very, very amazing point. Uh, and that's not to say that no hip hop artist has ever done anything good for, for the community. I'm sure there are uh, examples of that happening, but how much of that money when it is raised immediately goes to like Lambos and drugs and chains. And I bought a mansion, this, I got the 60 Bugattis that, and none of it goes back to the place where you came from. None of it goes back to like really building generational wealth. None of it goes back to just leaving the world in a better place than when you left it. And this is something to think about when it comes to reparations. I think there are a ton of black people who would use that money wisely, but think about how many would be going out and buying a Lambo the next day or buying a chain that, or I can buy, you know, way more drugs now that I've got my, my reparations check. And this has been studied too, the financial habits of, uh, you know, black versus white, Asian versus Hispanic. And it's astonishing. It's astonishing how many people after immediately getting a check will waste it. And of course, white people do it. Hispanic people do it. Asian people do it. But again, there are certain trends and we're witnessing those trends, you know, uh, right in front of our eyes. It's a very, you know, in important point to make. How many, you know, of these rappers and hip hop stars do you see actually funneling that money back into the community? and how things are progressing and no one's making no one's really trying to change it we have to remember we are ancestors dream i am my ancestors dream and you've got me figgity figgity up if you really want me to sit here and sit back and think that i'm living in the same america that my ancestors are living in right. let alone my grandparents were living in this is a different time new era and it is the best time for any black person to 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 really go after it and prosper in this nation
Oprah, Michael Jordan, Tyler Perry, Jay-Z, Yay. There are far too many people that we have seen make something out of nothing and have just blown up and became billionaires in this nation. And don't get me wrong, I've talked a lot in this video. I'm not saying disparities don't exist. I'm not saying black people have it 100% easy and it's gonna be a shit to, to no. I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that we all have the opportunity to become who we want to be and it's not always the white man this white man that no as a black american you can get up and do anything you wish to do it ain't gonna be easy mm -hmm. but you can do it i know and i will i will overcome any disparity any racism anything that's thrown my way because that can shut down amir odom and the same can be said for you because i know i'm still black to this day i still get profiled i still deal with racism i still deal with, with all these prejudices they're there trust me and all those billionaires i just named they talk about it too i'm not gonna sit here and tell you oh my gosh all these black people are billionaires and they're amazing but neglect the struggles that they talk about all the time they've gone through hell and back in this nation and so can we ultimately there are a ton of things that the black community needs to address and get in order in this nation. This country is not as bad as we make it out to be and there's a lot of change that can happen if we actually start to sit down have more conversations and really address all the really all the things that I outlined in this video regarding the black community. If we fix the culture and how we live our daily lives I think there would be tons of progress made within the black community. With that being said, thank you for taking the time to watch this video. If it resonated with you or you think someone would appreciate this please send it their way. Yes. Please do. Uh, we love Amir on this channel. So you guys should definitely go subscribe to him. Leave a comment on this video as he did a killer job. I mean, putting it all together, uh, compiling his thoughts, the editing, chef's kiss. <laughs> very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I, I second his his final notions on, on the topic. You really have to step out of you know blame and lack of responsibility and lack of accountability to truly make something of yourself and that doesn't have to be you know becoming a billionaire and owning all this stuff and millionaire and all this stuff it's just like it's just to free yourself in in life and whatever life that that is it could be you know a, a small business owner housekeeper a family man or woman whatever it is that you choose i think to, to free yourself of the burden of constantly setting blame on other people or you know saying that there's some sort of outside force that is keeping you down in life is it's worthwhile to to free yourself of that those are my yeah. thoughts guys my final thought was just as he was talking i'm like yeah tens of thousands of people i mean even more are coming to this country every single month every single oh, yeah. year uh, and because of the opportunity that exists, one of the highest performing uh, subgroups or subcultures in the in the entire country is like West African uh, immigrants. And so the idea that racism is holding down, it's just, I mean, come on, like there's so many people who are would give anything to be in the position you, that you're in, standing on the soil that you're in. And I think Amir's onto something. And my, my only other thought was uh, the truth will set you free. And uh, Amir's telling some truth right here in this video. And I'm glad to see that it's doing so well with uh, coming up on 300,000 views, tons of comments of people just uh, saying like, Amir, I, I'm from this community. You're saying everything that needs to be said. And I, I do hope that, you know, more his message spreads and, and that more people uh, tune their ears to the truth. And I think that that's our, our best hope for real change. 100%. And guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, leave your thoughts in the comments down below on this video. If you disagree with me, do get out, but do so respectfully. If you disagree with Amir, do get out, but do so respectfully. And if you like this video, like, subscribe. 
click the notification bell to be notified every single time we post a video for you guys, which is every single day. I hope you have a good rest of yours and we will see you next time. Bye guys.